0: 재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프, Rock, 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 Rock,
1: When they stutter rock like that, it's very hip and edgy. This is Koreascape, and you're listening to our new segment called Rock Scholar. It's our hunt for the reasons and rationale behind the answers you already know, all in an effort to make you a better expert on the Republic of Korea, or The Rock. And to help us along is our rock scholar, or the founder of a little niche of the web called The Korea Nerd. And you may recognize our regular Saturday expat intel voice. He's Alex Sigrist. Hey, Alex. Hey, Kurt. How's it going? Welcome beautiful Monday morning. It is a beautiful springy Monday morning, and uh, for once, I think I can actually breathe out there. There's no yeah, it's uh, nice. cloud of yellow uh, 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 pollutants. Yeah, uh, and uh, to- I've been keeping clean, too, washing my hands a little more than oh, usual. Ah, uh, yes, we had that whole discussion last week. Uh, you were with the... Such the, relevance. The, the microbes <laughs> and the manners and, uh, yeah, I felt like I wanted to, to be hosed off after that. Uh, you had me so paranoid about uh, the various <laughs> bacteria floating around. Don't be paranoid. It's just science. This week, we Making you paranoid for a different reason. We're talking about uh, your immortal soul and uh, religion and how Christianity made its advent here to the uh, Korean Peninsula. So, we're how to oh, before we get started, this is, of course, an interactive uh, segment, and we want to hear your thoughts either during the segment itself or afterwards if something occurs to you. So, do tweet at us. We are at Koreascape, one word, that's our address. And if you feel like it, put the hashtag Rock Scholar, capital R-O-K Scholar, and that way we know exactly what you're talking about. Please do share your insights and questions and comments. So how do we start, Alex?
2: Well, let's talk about like why why this topic. I think it's really interesting if we ever sit down and think, you know, how did Christianity get to Korea? It's a, a, a religion from the Middle East that moved to Europe and then to the U.S. and kind of um, North America, South America. And I was always curious, why... Korea, because mm-hmm. Korea is often a country that's very proud of their own history, their own past. And so I had a, just this urge to figure out more. How did Korea come to accept a religion that's not inherently from itself? Sure. And so you know, start with just some statistics. So let people know exactly what the situation situation is on the peninsula. So right now we're talking about 29 to 35 percent, the last figure was 29 percent in 2005, Christianity. But as we'll get into later, there is a difference, there's a big difference between Protestantism and the Catholic Church here in uh, Korea. No doubt. And the Protestant Church is around 18 percent, the Catholic Church is around 11 percent. And there's Korean Buddhism and uh, a few other religions, but not as well represented. And then there's, I guess, a category of nuns, I think- N- N-O-N-E-S. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I should say nuns. <laughs> uh, zeros, shall we say. Uh, yeah, or n- people n- without a, a, a faith in particular. Someone who checked none of the above. None of the I above. Um, and I guess you know shamanism and things like that would fall into that. Oh, no, that would fall into other. But none is somebody who just simply doesn't acknowledge a faith. What's interesting about uh, Christianity in Korea is the exponential growth. Historically speaking, it has just caught fire. Yes. Yeah. And now, much. if I'm not mistaken, Christianity is the dominant religion here.
2: Yeah, it is, Um, especially when you combine the two like we do in the West between Catholicism and Protestantism. It's really interesting, and we're going to look at it from a purely academic standpoint today. We're not going to talk about who's right, who's wrong, you know, that he came, um, that Christianity came because it's right or it's wrong. That's completely relevant. We're purely taking a historical approach to it. And that's really the reason that it was able to come into Korea, uh, along with, of course, you know, the teachings that people have adapted to and stuff. So it's quite an interesting backstory. Sure. All right. How do we get started? Well, we have to start with the thought experiment, don't we? The thought experiment. Yeah. Let's do it. So for today's thought experiment, let's go back in time, but, of course, not without our thought experiment music. <laughs> ¶¶ I want you, Kurt, and our listeners to imagine this. It's the end of the 19th century. You spend a lot of time of your life outside the city, and you grew up in a very traditional farming town in Korea. You understand a little bit about Buddhism, and you're studying for your national exam on Confucianism, so you know that well. And you're also well acquainted with shamanism, and you're skeptical uh, because it seems like random chance when you're looking for healing or help. Then one day, a local villager who has been sick for a long time visited a city hospital all of a sudden comes back cured from a sickness that korean medicine or shamanism just couldn't fix and you find out that this new hospital was built by a doctor from this new religion christianity and you've never seen such a miracle before and yet there it is he's walking around moving and working on the farm again aren't you curious to find out a little bit more
1: And we are back now from the thought experience, uh, that's experiment. That is uh, an interesting little... uh, It's an experience. (laughs) (laughs) It was an interesting little uh, uh, vignette that you posed there, a villager seeing the wonders of a Christian-built hospital for the first time in history. And it reminds me, I I went on a Catholic retreat back in university and we Mm -hmm. went to this nice center where they served all the meals and there were comfortable beds and stuff. And the guy said, if you minister to the people's needs, Mm. then the Holy Spirit will make itself manifest. So. Here's uh, Western technology paired with Christianity and ministering to the people's needs. Yeah.
2: And I thought this was interesting because this is one of the areas where we don't have necessarily academic research on. There's no psychological experiment, experiments on yes. it. But when I heard it for the first time, I thought, "Wow!" Like that was one of those moments. I've never thought of that before. Sure. Like there is a chance that that is how one person or a few people may have been, you know, surprised and maybe more willing to accept. A foreign
1: influence, yeah, and happy to conflate the uh, healing powers of Western medicine and Western technology with the yeah. uh, purported healing powers of the religious faith, right? Right,
2: and and to be fair, though, uh, in history of missionaries working in. in as physicians, it's not like they were tricking it. It's no, like, no, no. oh, this little pill is from you know. No, no not no, like no, no, that. No, no, no. They were very upfront about it. Um yeah. But you know, you can see how maybe you can conflate the two in your head.
1: Yeah, and uh, certainly it's going to put you uh, in a positive disposition if right, these right. Christians are setting up things that are you know changing your your life in a in a positive way. You know, you're you're being cured of sickness. You're being fed. You're being educated right. with all of these missionary projects. So.
2: Yeah. So why don't we start with just the basic background of the history, since we are talking about how religion has come to Korea, a particular religion. Uh, we have shamanism, which is, I'm going to call it the the original religion of sure. Korea. Uh, it has a little, you know, there's, there's like a shaman priest, a mudang who acts like an intermediary, helps solve life's problems through interacting with spirits and the gods. And then you have Confucianism, which... I have to say, it's not necessarily a religion, yeah. more of a way of life. But because religion has been different in the East and the West of how we viewed it, um, sometimes scholars do put Confucianism into a purely religious well, it's setting. so
1: pervasive in the way it organizes social relationships right. and so on, and people revere it almost on the level of a religion. So, you know, for that matter, Buddhism is not technically a religion. Per se, although you could argue the point that it's that it qualifies more yeah. as a religion. Oh,
2: and Buddhism itself is so varied uh, that yeah. just so many different ways. Of course, Buddhism uh, came to Korea it has had a rough history in Korea. There were times uh, it came from Korea, or sorry, from China, but of course, as a lot of influences brought by a Korean from China. Yes. Uh, and around the 4th century A.D. is when the first, let's say, granting of Buddhism uh, came from China. Mm. And it was something more that was to legitimize being a king. You can say, oh, you know, look at the text. This mm-hmm. shows that I deserve to be king. Uh, it peaked in the 6th century. But then it did go through its phase, you know, when Neo-Confucianism rose where it was suppressed a lot. So there's, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs in the religions in Korea before Christianity even entered. Sure. So let's kind of start jumping ahead a little bit. To oh, you know what? I forgot to mention one thing. Yeah, we should really talk about the difference between Catholicism and and Protestantism in Korea because that is such an important important distinction, and that will that will affect how we talk about it from now on out. Because it's not when did Christianity come. Yes, it's when did one or the other. These are almost like two powerhouses. Pitted against each other in some ways. When you when you look through the history of it, you'll see times when c- the Catholic Church was looked upon more favorably by the Korean people, and then you'll see times that the Protestant Church was, and it goes up and down. And even now, you see
1: it changing a lot. So, in terms of carving out a sphere of influence here in the early days, uh, Christian missionaries, shall we say, Protestant missionaries mm-hmm. and Catholic missionaries are going at it separately with their own agenda, right, right, and kind of competing.
2: Yeah, and they experienced a lot of, you know, the same historical problems of trying to get into Korean society. The Catholics had it pretty bad. Uh, They were the ones who came first. But I want to go to someone who knows a lot about this difference because I think this is an important distinction. Uh, This weekend it was – well, it was Easter weekend. Okay. How how fitting. Uh, But I was able to sneak in a phone call with Andrew Taysu Murphy, who's a formal community organizer from the Las Vegas Valley Interface Sponsoring Committee. Got his master's degree in Korean studies at Seoul National University, and he's an educator in Seoul right now. He's a really good friend of mine, and he's got something really unique. You'll hear in his first sentence. He's got something really unique about him that makes him extra qualified to know about this difference between Catholicism and Protestantism in Korea.
0: I'm a Roman Catholic, and my wife is Protestant. Uh, So we've come to an agreement that we will go to both churches uh, each Sunday. So every Sunday morning I go to a Methodist church, and every Sunday night I go to a Catholic mass. So many differences, and I was really shocked to see these because it was very different even from the differences in the United States. So, for example, in English, um, when we refer to the central God figure of whether it's Christianity or Catholic Christianity, we just say God. But here in Korea, there are two different names. So, for instance, in the Protestant church, they say Hananim, which means one God. And then in the Catholic church, they say Hanunim, God in the sky. What's really shocking to me is here in Korea, you would hear many Protestants and many Catholics say, we worship different gods. And to me, that's really ironic because... It's mainly due to the language differences as opposed to, in a biblical, historical sense, there being a different god. (laughs) Another big difference is that they actually view themselves as different 종교 or different religions. To my knowledge, everywhere else in the world, there is this one religion of Christianity, you know, underneath that religion, Catholic denomination, and then there are Protestant denominations. Uh, But for them in Korea to call themselves completely different religions, Catholics and Protestants, that signifies how deep the divide is Uh, between the two sides, and how they view each other. Let's just say that it's not very nicely. There are a lot of misconceptions about what each other believe. There's a conception that Catholics worship uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, uh, as a god. And then on the Catholic side, there are a lot of misconceptions about what actually happens during the Protestant service and what actually they believe. I think that's really interesting. But that being said, uh, there are some really similarities with the way that Christian Protestants and Christian Catholics had contributed to Korean society. Education, public education, public hospitals, and in general, public welfare and the welfare of society. I think those are similar with the type of impact that Christian organizations have had Uh, Throughout the world. I think that another thing that's really similar is the history. Of course, the early Catholics in Korea in the Joseon dynasty faced a lot of
1: persecution.
0: But then you see that also when Protestantism came into Korea in the late 1880s.
1: I was always confused about that hananim hanunim thing that he said. I didn't realize that there were two equally viable terms. I always thought at first it, at first I misunderstood it as hananim, and then later the correct version that I learned was hanunim. But they both are viable.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that either. Actually, because yeah. I always kind of just in my head, I mean, I always assume I just mishear. Like, oh, he always says hanilnim. Is what the one I always mm. heard. Well, because I grew up Catholic, so I have a little bit of, you know, that background in me. And I I think this is a very important distinction because we're right now talking to two audiences. We're talking to Koreans who will be confused when I say Christian because they just think – which is – it's very different from Catholic. And then when I say this to an American or somewhere from Europe or South America, they will assume I'm talking about the general religion. So let's keep that in mind as we're going through. When we use the word Christian today, we're talking about both the Protestant uh, form of Christianity and the Catholic form of Christianity. Fair enough. So going back to the introduction of Catholicism, uh, this is Yi Guangzhong. In 1601, he returned from China with Christian literature. And this is how a lot of religion or a lot of this influence has come. It's through the mouth of a Korean bringing it to the Korean people.
1: And he is a converted Catholic, uh, Yi Gong Chong. Right. Yeah,
2: right, right. And he came back with some, some literature. Um, and unfortunately, though, for the Catholics, it was outlawed in the Joseon dynasty in 1758 huh. because – They're not allowed to worship the dead, and that kind of goes against a lot of the practices and traditions of honoring the dead here in Korea. And so it was seen as a subversion of the natural Confucian hierarchy. Do Catholics worship the
1: dead? I mean kind of in a way, Um, right, in the sense of saints.
2: In a way, it's it's honor— um, it, it's such an interesting, a tricky topic. And that's what Andrew was talking about earlier is like there's a lot of confusion. You know, do you think they're gods? Like, no, and no they I don't. don't but, but Catholics will pray to saints yeah. who are dead people. Uh, <laughs> right. And then through the saints. For their intercession, right. kind of like yeah. opening up
1: with, uh, you know, the big guy, right?
2: And so a lot of these confusions led to these persecutions, the martyrdom, the Catholic mm-hmm. persecution of 1801. And then the one in 18, uh, I believe it 66 that had like 8,000. People
1: killed, including French missionaries. It's interesting. I was never familiar with that history. I didn't realize that uh, Catholics had been persecuted to that extent here in Korea.
2: Yeah, and it, um, in a way, it sort of opened the door to Protestantism uh, okay. because that way the Koreans had been used to at least a similar form of the religion. Uh, this was established in 1884 by two people separately: uh, Seoul uh who established the first Protestant church in Korea. And then Horace Noon allen who was an American diplomat and physician. Hmm. So, and this is the story that uh, was related to the thought experiment. The story goes that he revived the queen's brother after an overthrow, a coup attempt, left him with stab wounds on the, f- stab wounds on the floor. And so after that, the royal family sponsored the introduction of Protestant missionaries to Korea. And they both brought it separately, and so that was another interesting point there. They brought schools, they brought hospitals, and that kind of gets us back to the point of, you know, one of the things is they brought this new technology and medicine that may have been conflated with the idea of a miracle, which he
1: wasn't saying it was a miracle at all. But But at least, hey, look, these people are are bringing the goods that shamanism may not have produced for us. You know, all of this ritual and shamanism and even Confucianism isn't going to disinfect this guy's wounds and sew him up and patch him up. Right, right.
2: So then we move on to the uh, Christianity and the Japanese occupation, which a lot of people don't know. The strongholds were actually in the north. Um, They weren't necessarily in the south. Uh, But eventually they would come down, especially when North Korea kind of started outlawing other religions.
1: And well, I I mean, uh, I've heard uh, or I've read that uh, Kim Il Sung was basically raised Christian, right? Right.
2: Yeah, a lot of leaders uh, in Korea, and we'll we'll get to that. It's a very interesting part of it. Um, You know, even uh, Syngman Rhee was a Methodist. Uh, We had Christian schools that were allowed in Korea. This was because Japan wanted to win favor with the West because they had some unfavorable treaties before then, so sort of Christian missionaries from the West were allowed to just continue their own system, hmm. which means you know Western education as well and, and other leadership within a church could be developed. But of course that changed right before World War II.
1: Okay. Well, let's jump into the modern day. We have uh, how, what word should I use? Tensions between oh, Christian sects, between uh, basically yeah. Christianity in the form of Protest- Protestantism and yeah. um, Catholicism, not to mention tension between the Christians and the Buddhists.
2: Oh, no. Yeah. So it's quite a tumultuous history here. Uh, Just going right away, you know, we're starting with the inauguration. The first president, uh, Sigmund Rhee, took an oath of office with his hand on the Bible. That was a big symbolic step. Um, Another thing that really allowed Christianity to thrive is it created natural leaders. The church structure, the parliamentary system uh, allowed for numerous leadership opportunities. And so a lot of people were just kind of let's say, raised to be leaders. And, of course, there was other issues like the U.S. military, of course, would prefer you know, Christian leadership in some positions. That's a theory that's out there. Uh, it's a way to gain power in the community. It wasn't always favorable with the government. Okay. And this talks about some of the tension now with the Catholic Farmers Movement, the Protestant Urban Industrial Mission. And one way that Christianity was able to get a footing in Korea was they were working for the people and sometimes against the government. And so that allowed them to kind of get their, uh, let's say, street cred up, yeah. if
1: you will. And there are huge turnouts for various Christian things, to, mm-hmm. to representing the numbers. I mean, the Pope came, and it was nearly a million people at oh, that match, Oh, it was unbelievable, right? yeah. And you have every weekend in Yoido, that mega church right, where, right. you know, it's like a, a stadium or a football game.
2: Yeah, and just to kind of wrap it up, there is a, com- a trend now where— It seems like Catholicism is the fastest growing of all the religions right now in Korea, and it has a lot to do with that street cred we were just talking about Uh where they've recently – especially with the new pope, have been seen as kind of defenders of the poor or the working class. And so that's the way it's going in
1: the future. Yeah, and with this current pope and his talk of income inequality, that's going to win – The Catholic Church, a bit more street cred. If you want to hear Alex nerding out on this topic and others, you can go to thekoreanerd.com. And then your Twitter is the same one, at thekoreanerd, right? Right, right.
2: So There's no the in the website, though. Just
1: koreanerd.com. Oh, just koreanerd.com. No the. There you go. Thank you once again. Great job, Alex. Thank you. And that brings today's edition of Koreascape to a close. We're produced by Christina Saw, associate production by Jamie Lee, writing by GP1. I'm Kurt Asian. Tune in tomorrow at 9. we got some two-wheel spring excursions for you. We'll see you then.